welcome to the asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome to week one. It's real, ladies and germs. Welcome to the asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs. It is week one. And we have a jam-packed show. We have a full mailbag. We have predictions. We have some headlines. We have, uh, did I say a full mailbag? You I, did. I, we did. A we have of pinatas. Yes, right? we, we have had. Johnny Reed Foley coming on the show later on. And above everything else. We have a snooty update. <laughs> well, that's, I don't think it gets any better than that. <laughs> no, so, I mean, uh, if you get Johnny Reed Foley and Snooty it in does, the same it doesn't get much. We can throw no. the scrap the football crap. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're recording this on Thursday. The Patriots play the Chiefs. You're not listening anyhow. You already think you're a fantasy expert. So it's about Johnny and it's about Snooty. And then we're out. That's right. But it is a fantasy football podcast, so fantasy football fans, listen up. Listen. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try these new best ball leagues on our new favorite app, Draft. Here's how it works. You draft a football team. I can do that. Okay. You enter a lineup. I can do that. Okay. That's it for you, Rick. I mean, this is your kind of league. No opportunity for me to screw it up. Exactly, and it's season long, but there's no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every week. Never worry about injuries again. You can draft the team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. But don't do that. Listen to us first. Right, then do it. Yeah. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Leagues start from just 3 bucks. So there's a league for everyone. There's no salary cap. Ugh. No salary caps. Play in real-life snake drafts just like you play with your friends. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a $3 best ball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code, which is, Rick? Fake pigskin, baby. Yep. Well, not baby, no, just no fake baby. pigskin. Fake pigskin, all one word. That's right. Play for real money for free just for using the promo code fake pigskin on your first deposit. Search the draft app, get on draft, use the promo code fake pigskin, play free for money. free. Three bucks for yep. absolute free. I don't care what kind of hipster you are, everybody likes free money. All so right. get on and do it. it. It's really cool. So let's, Rick, let's keep the headlines to a minimum here. Yes, I we think got two so things, much to cover. Two things that, that are really relevant. Obviously, uh, the, the hurricane just bearing oh, down on, on Miami, Rick. That look, one doesn't look like Tampa and Miami. That game will not be played, been moved to week 11. A lot of consternation amongst fantasy owners for that. Quite frankly, Rick, I don't think the league had a choice. None you know, whatsoever. They, they got lucky they had the bye week in 11. Sorry, I'm not sorry that they have to play 16 in a row. Not a, not a ton of sympathy there. You can't ask Miami to give up another home game. They're going to London as it is. You can't ask them to give up this home game. You can't play it tonight here on Thursday, as a lot of people suggested, because I think they need their they resources. They are evacuating right. now. Get out now, so no, no gas in the state. Anything. Just a, a terrible situation, and I think the NFL, quite frankly, got lucky they had the same bye week, and it, to me it's the only solution. You're absolutely correct. There's no doubt about that, and, you know, this thing is a monster. I mean, you hear that, that word. It is incredible. I mean, it is – well, it's the largest storm ever recorded. 
They've already said that, or the most powerful, I guess right. I should say. It's been a Cat 5 for about 48 hours now, which is unheard of, and it's still cranking. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, just thoughts and prayers, everybody down there, that they're safe. It, this is just horrible. I heard a weather guy on a podcast I listened to earlier today, Rick, that said the way the, the spread is between Cat 3 and Cat 4 cat four to cat five if the scale went above five this would be a cat seven that that's how bad this thing yeah. is. whatever the, you know i don't know what the gap or what the parameters are or what the category is but if it went higher than five based on that algorithm it would be up to seven so just terrifying so look a big deal mixed reviews on, on what folks think this means for their fantasy football squad quick disclaimer yes we know fantasy football and the nfl is ridiculously minor in comparison to what is actually happening to real people. I get it. We're a fantasy football show, so we're going to talk about the fantasy football impact. All right. Disclaimer over. So, Rick, you, you look at, you know, a lot of people upset folks, especially that draft, you know, one defense. I don't know who has Tampa and Miami's defense, but maybe you do one kicker. One quarterback, I carry one quarterback, Jameis Winston owners, put you in a tough spot because you're, you're flyers. I get this argument. You took a flyer on Marlon Mack. You took a flyer on Tarek Cohen. You don't want to drop one of these guys in week one before you see. I think in week 11, you have a better opportunity to know what's working out and what's not. It's easier to drop somebody. But for me, I can overcome a week one loss. You know, you're getting into week 11, you're in prime time the playoffs. So if I can have Mike Evans, Jameis Winston, you know, your boy. Ajayi. If I can yeah. have those guys not off now and have them in week 11 in the run-up the playoffs, I think in the end, assuming everybody stays healthy, and that that's probably the biggest concern as well. Well, true. But, you know, I mean, in, in your – I don't know if you're in the majority or not, quite frankly. I mean, you know – We've drafted together so long now. You know I draft two quarterbacks. Right, and I don't. Yeah, so. you don't. Luckily, and, I I wanted some Winston shares. I don't have any, though. Right. So. Now, we're in also a, a, a two-quarterback league that we play in together. I just so, so happen to have Mariota and Winston, and we start two quarterbacks. But in that league, I drafted three. So, mm. I mean, you know, I just – not certainly not thinking of a hurricane, but I, I just think of injuries. I think, okay, well – if I can draft, for example, like Winston and, say, a Phil Rivers, right. as opposed to have to go pick up whoever, you know. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, Tyrod yeah. Taylor, something like Jared Goff, you yeah, know, you on the chance that. that he gets hurt. So, yeah, I mean, I like to play a little safer that way. But I see your point. But, look, this is a lot bigger than any of us. Well, so, yeah, yeah. you know, deal with it. Just like if the guy got hurt in training camp. That's all you can deal – that's all you can right. treat it at. You can't say, oh, well, this isn't fair. Well, yeah, guess what? He could have tweaked his ankle, yeah. so deal with it and move on. And the bottom line is I think this is the only reasonable option the NFL had, and I'll continue to, to make that argument. So. Exactly. But the only other thing probably merits discussion – we don't need to talk about the Zeke Elliott thing. No. You know, waiting for the, what, the ruling Play him on until that. he's out. Yeah, we'll wait on that ruling of that temporary straining order Friday night. Yeah, probably by the time you've heard this, that decision's been made, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it next week one way or the other. But Odell Beckham, Rick, as of uh, today, Thursday, still not practicing, not in any type of boot, doesn't even have it taped up, but not practicing, doing some side work, spending some time on the bike. 
This is bad in as much as he plays on Sunday night. This is the real problem, dealing with this issue with him playing Sunday night in terms of what you're going to do. If we still did the Sunday show, this would probably merit a lot more discussion. You know, If he could end up practicing Friday, I feel good about it. What would you do, Rick? Let's just look at it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. We're not doctors, but people are shocked, I'm sure, when I say that. But we're not doctors, and we don't know what the how quickly he can heal from this, or what the good or bad signs are. But in general, as a fantasy owner, if this thing comes to Sunday morning, all right, let's say it's Sunday morning, twelve thirty. So I guess that's Sunday afternoon for intelligent people, and he's a game time decision. What do you do, Rick? What What do you do with Odell Beckham? I I bench. I should have. I'm, and any fantasy football player worth their salt should have somebody on the bench that you can put in. I mean, let's let's face it. You usually draft fifteen, sixteen positions or right. players, right. something like that. Seven wide receivers. You know he's going to have a buy sometimes, so you have to have somebody on your bench. I mean, you throw in a Travis Benjamin, throw in a. <laughs> I don't know, an Eric Decker, somebody like that that may not be in the starting lineup all the time. So it's – I don't know. It, I'm not taking a chance going to Sunday night if I don't have somebody. You know, I use Travis Benjamin. He's playing Monday night. So, yeah, you can put him in there and monitor it the whole game. If he's going to play and you want to risk Odell, then you can switch it before the game starts. But that's not the point. If you don't have a Monday night game or whatever the case may be, I'm – not going to risk it. Him right. going out there in two plays, oh, he tweaked it again, you're going to sit him down. I'm going to put somebody in there that plays. And, yeah. and you should have a deep enough squad. Yeah, here's the problem where this is unique, again, with this being a week one injury. If this was week eight, nine, ten, eleven, if we were into the middle of the year, I've got, by that point, three dead spots on my roster probably, or at least three guys I'm comfortable cutting. So I would go out and pick up somebody on Monday night, right? And I'd run this right up to game time and, and monitor that and make that decision. It's tough in week one, just like we talked about with the, with the game being canceled, the, the Tampa Bay-Miami game. There's really nobody on these rosters I have now that I'm comfortable cutting, right? So that's what puts you in a tough spot. But that's my point. Do you really need to cut somebody in week one? You don't have another wide receiver. I do, but that... I don't have another Odell Beckham. Well, you're not going to find him anyway. Well, that's true. So I mean, but you, I, sh- I, you should have somebody on the bench is better than on the waiver wire. No, I, I get all that. What I'm saying is this takes away, I think, the opportunity to play it right up to game time unless I already have a bench-wide receiver playing Monday night. Now, what's nice is with it being week one, we have two Monday night games, so there's four teams. There, there's, there's opportunity there. But in the middle of the year, it's easy to cut somebody, pick up somebody for Monday night, and then right, you know, monitor Odell Beckham right up to kickoff. Right. I don't know that you necessarily have that luxury in week one because presumably if you drafted, if you feel you drafted well for the one team I own, I own them in a bunch of best ball leagues, but the one team I have to manage, I own Odell Beckham in, that's that 10-team league I drafted here last week. Right. right. There is nobody on that team I want to cut. and I'll have to look. I don't even remember if I have anybody go on Monday night. I'm pretty much going to have to make a call Sunday morning. That's where it's a, a call uncommon right. circumstance being that it's week one and, and you shouldn't and, and being week one in a 10 team league you sh- certainly should not have to cut anybody to plug and play a replacement right. for week one i'd be better the off only guy that i'm going to feel down. sorry for is maybe the guy that has a team with odell beckham 
um, Jarvis Landry and, and Deshaun Jackson as their starting wide receivers. Or I don't know. How about the guy, Rick, that has Odell Beckham and Mike Evans as his number one and two receivers? Oh, yeah, that's your boy in that league, if you'll recall. Oh, that's right. You Yeah. yeah so Well, yeah, that's a little different so, there. So your boy's in a bit of a pickle, but well, I'll, I'll drop in, week one. I'm in that same – or no, I'm in a different – What I'm, I'm – Confused. Oh, this is a different. This 10 is the league Dewey game. Melon Bowl, the one I drafted as we were on the air. Right, because the, the ten team league that you and I that are was in. The two quarterback. League. I have Winston Evans and Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm in a little bit of a pickle, but I, I've got some other guys. I'm not worried about. Yeah. It. So or you take the laws in week one, and you got sixteen straight games with all three of those guys. Uh, God willing, with health. Anyhow. There you go. All, all right. right, Rick. So much to get. What do you want to do next? I think we ought to do. Oh, he got the paper out, and he's proud of it. Look out, everybody. An outside review has determined. Oh, okay. Snooty. That, that the drowning death of Snooty, a 69-year-old captive manatee in Florida, could have been prevented. No kidding. <laughs> Offici- officials said Thursday. What kind so- of official do you suppose that South is? South Florida Museum CEO Bryn Ann Bessio announced the findings after a review by animal welfare attorney James Gasaldi for support and relief without sacrificing mobility. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a, a different story. Did you story. just read a commercial out of the middle of that <laughs> I'm not page. sure what the hell that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're ruining Snooty. Get it together, old On man. behalf of the museum, I apologize for the mistakes that led to Snooty's death, Bessio said in a statement. We have made and continue to make substantive, substantive. Isn't it substantive? I don't know. It says substantive. I think that's a misspelling. This story's changes. a disaster, Rick. Well, you know, Snooty died. Yeah, okay. it's, it's sad. The whole thing's tragic. The it story is. too, and plus it, the, the addiction. The, the writing and the your inability to adjust the to breakdowns read. that contributed to this tragic accident. Now what happened was the thousand pound marine mammal got in a thirty by thirty inch maintenance tube, but was unable to turn around. You know, I have a question. All right. You have a thirty by thirty inch maintenance tube. It's a long thing that goes down, okay? That's where all the plumbing is or something, yeah. right? Is that what I'm uh, I'm picturing? Does it take officials and all this kind of stuff to figure out you need a door on that yeah, thing? Yeah, or even just a grate, you know, yeah, something. A, a grate. I'm the dumbest person you're going to talk to all day, and, and I think I could have solved that problem. And, and the problem was, was, was poor Snooty, and a manatees can stay underwater for 20 minutes, but they cannot swim backwards. Huh, who knew? The review, well, Snooty. Well, apparently not. <laughs> he didn't know until too late, anyhow. Can people swim backwards? I don't know. I've never tried. I don't think. Can anything swim backwards? I, I guess a seahorse or something, maybe. Them little things that kind of float around, but I mean. I always think that's like a unicorn. They're not real, but I guess they are, huh? Yeah, they're real. But anyway. What the hell are we talking about? Poor old Snooty <laughs> poor died. Poor old Snooty, that's right. And, and, and Marilyn Marigold the aquarium's director, when Snooty died, no longer works for the museum. Uh-oh. Some, uh, some head had to Wouldn't roll, say right? whether she left or was fired. A telephone message left for Marigold wasn't immediately returned. So the whole thing is, if you got a manatee <laughs> and you have a maintenance tube, put a damn door on it. <laughs> there we go. Just, All right, let's get to some predictions. Just a damn door. And right? that was for Dave. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, Dave does like uh, well, doesn't like sm- snooty, but I don't think he likes. All right, Rick, at all. how about we hop over to let's give our it's we, coming into week one. We haven't given a lot of full fantasy predictions for the season, Rick. So why don't we do that? Let's start out fantasy MVP overall. Who is Rick Briggs fantasy MVP this year? I came up with in my mind three very very good candidates. Okay, one is. Really obvious, Ms. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, it's who I have. I wanted to be cute. I wanted to be more clever, Rick. It's Lev Bell. It, it is. If but he an- plays 14 games, it's Lev Bell. But another um, – these other two were put together in an MVP sort of package from where you got them in the potential. Okay, so you factored value in. Yeah, and, right. and, and one of them is DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, wow. Okay, Here's a guy bold. who's going third, fourth round in a lot of legs. Right. This guy, he's, he has went out on the plank for Tom Savage. And Tom Savage matures. They have a good year. The defense holds them in, and they start developing chemistry. You can see Andre Hopkins' numbers – which he's a first-round pick when he puts up his kind oh, of numbers right. from the fourth round. That's MVP material. Yeah, that, that's huge value there. And it, he's a guy I own all over the place because of that. I don't know if it's the name brand. I can't quit him. I, you know, he's starting to become you know Rick Flieger's newest newest. Uh, what do we? Uh, the Your boy toy. I don't know what I think about boy toy, Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what you think about boy toy, Mister. <laughs> I can't get the music to stop. Everything's coming <laughs> apart here, Rick. So I broke mine down. Of course, you know, Rick doesn't follow directions very well. So I broke mine down by position, Rick. So we'll see. I'll throw those out and see if, if we can squeeze them well, all I've together. Well, I've already come up with a running back and wide receiver. I yeah. mean, you know. So at the quarterback position, Rick, couldn't get too cute on that. I've got uh, Drew Brees. I, I think he outperforms everyone. I think he's still got it. I like the rapport he has with Mike Thomas. I, I, I like what they're doing with that offense, the way they bolstered the running game. Really have three legitimate weapons at, at running back right now, which doesn't bode well for the running backs, but bodes pretty well, I think, for that passing game and Drew Brees. That, that, that's where I go MVP there. Running back we talked about, I got Lev Bell. And at wide receiver, Rick, you know, not factoring a lot of value, but I've talked about it a lot this year you know week one aside apparently but Mike Evans I think is I think he finishes number one he, he he's on Antonio Brown's heels if he doesn't pass Antonio Brown but I think Mike Evans outperforms Julio Jones AJ Green Odell Beckham and the, I think those are probably the only guys being taken ahead of him right now but Mike Evans is my guy this year you bring in he's a huge target hawk right he can catch anything he's so athletic and you bring in a Deshaun Jackson taking the lid off that defense and opening things up for a Mike Evans. I think the sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, you talk about quarterbacks. I'd almost have to go back to a value pick with Cam Newton. But he's, you can get him for a song right now. He, you he's really going can. for next to nothing in, in most leagues. And fantasy players have short memories. They forget a couple of years ago what this cat right. was doing. He was the MVP of the league. Two exactly. And I, I can see where Cam Newton, he could be a total vanilla quarterback yet again, but he could emerge. He's got the talent and he's got the weapons. And, you know, if they establish a good run game with McCaffrey, Calvin Benjamin, you know, Funchess has to step up and there's still Greg Olson. He's got huge weapons. 
I think he got to be an MVP at quarterback. All right, Rick, how about some busts? I got one at each position. You have three, so give your three, and then I'll break them down by position for me. Here's one that is because he's going in the first round. I think he has that potential, and, and I hate to say it because I own, own him in a lot of leagues is LaShawn McCoy. He's my top There is bus. just not much there in Buffalo. And, and, I mean, McDermott's talking tough about using him on every play if necessary to win a game. Look, the guy's 29 years old. You can't use him every play. No, no. And it's simple as that. I mean, I did like to see that Jordan Matthews is actually suiting up this Sunday and, and Tyrod Taylor's cleared because – that's basically all they have left. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just you – know, who is the other? Zay Jones, correct? Yes. Right. Yeah, the tight end's basically a non-factor unless they really start utilizing him. Man. I see Sean McCoy having some really good games, but he could wear down by midseason. Right, and I think that that's the biggest factor. So, so obviously, he's my bust at running back, and he's my sort of overall bust, the one – I'm most terrified. Look, I love it. He's a pit pit guy. I love this kid. Always have been a huge fan. Yeah, from a skill set perspective, short of Le'Veon Bell, might be the best back in the league. The situation is so bad. You mentioned he's 29 years old. He's had these last couple of years. He's had a history of getting nicked up, and I think it's because he, he the focus of that offense and is touching the the ball on such a large percentage of the plays. They're stacking the box against this guy. There's a lot going against him. Now, he's not going to be a total flame-out bust. You know, I don't see the Sean Alexander sort of thing happening with him. right. But I don't think he finishes to justify his ADP. He's going to miss some time. He's going to have some rough games where, be it Tyrod or Nate Peterman, whoever it is as the year goes on, just completely comes undone, and, and it affects everybody. I just There's a lot that makes me nervous about that Buffalo situation, McCoy's age and his health that really throws up the warning lights that this kid could bust out. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, and uh, quarterback to me. Andrew Luck. Yeah, yeah. He didn't drop far in drafts. Not as far as he should have. Everybody keeps saying, well, he's going he's to miss week one, something <laughs> like that. I don't – I tell you, I don't have any confidence. And he just made a deal for another quarterback. Right. I don't – this is serious. Yeah, they're, they're – And on top of that, Indianapolis stinks. <laughs> awful offensive line. They've done nothing to make it better. Defense is no good. The offensive line's terrible. And their running back's 34. Right. It's it, bad news. Yeah. It all sets up. Yeah, I, I'll be surprised if he plays the equivalent of six full games this season. It's just – I mean, here we are, Rick, September 7th, and he hasn't thrown a football yet, to my knowledge. Right. It, it, there's big problems there. So, yeah, I agree with that. Although my bust – I didn't even consider him as a bust because I just consider him such a non-factor. But your, your point's we taken. Do. But, yeah. he's, he's still been drafted as a top ten exactly. quarterback. Exactly. I get it. If he would come back healthy, you're getting one hell of a deal on him, but I, I have no faith in it. For me, Rick, similar to a lot of the things we talked about with Sean McCoy in terms of the situation, losing his top two receivers, losing his offensive coordinator, who he was really close with, Rick, I think Kirk Cousins has 
bust potential all over the place. I don't know if it'll necessarily happen, but he makes me nervous. You just all the turmoil, all the nonsense that's so typical of Washington. The deal with his contract and that mess. There, there's a lot working against him. You not to mention you lose your top two guys, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon. Look, I like Jamison Crowder. I love Jordan Reed, as you know, when when yeah. he can stay on the field. You know, you bring in Terrell Pryor. That's interesting. You know. All they talked about in camp was how good he looked, except for when he played actual games, and it didn't look so good. You could tell the chemistry's not there yet. This is a scary situation for me. It scared me off of Kirk Cousins. And it is such a such a tight, unpredictable division. Right, right. I mean, any you can make a case for any team to win that division. Oh, absolutely. And same with the NFC South. I mean, those are probably the two of the most jumbled de- uh divisions in football right but i don't think they're as good as the giants i don't think they're as good as dallas and i think they're about right on par with philadelphia maybe a tad better right but maybe a tad worse it's hard to say to your point how how this chemistry starts building up with Pryor and, and Doxon and fuller um Crowder. Crowder. Why did I say Fuller? He's Houston. Gee whiz. I think you got Foley on the mind who will be joining the show here that's very true. soon. I, I think that's where you're headed at. So, wide receiver bus, Rick. Do you have one of those? Wide receiver bus? I don't. I I, I didn't have a, a wide receiver bus per se. I had um, a couple of surprises in wide receivers, and we'll get to that in a minute. All right. So My so, other bus alert to me is Jordan Howard. Yeah. With Cameron Meredith going out, he's still going at a very steep price. Chicago's not very good. Jordan Howard, look, it's not a knock on him. It's almost like a Shady McCoy situation. Right. When everything depends on the running back, he's looking at 8-9 in the box. And I can see a lot starting to trickle away from him after a couple of weeks. Yeah, and he's not sneaking up on anybody, right? I I really love Jordan Howard and kept me in a lot of leagues getting him basically off the waiver wire last year. But he ain't sneaking up on anybody this year. We know he has the skill set. I never quite understood his ADP and folks taking him, you know, late in the first, that early in the second over some of the guys he was going over. It's just – you know, what we see at nine games, ten games, however many, he was the feature back. I'm going to need to see a little more before I'm willing to pay that price. So I think there, there's always bust potential there. You know, at the wide receiver position, I'm going to throw out Odell, Odell Beckham. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the top of this draft board. We're dealing with these injuries. You know, he's nicked up. It looks, it looks for all the world like a high ankle sprain. And if they don't just go ahead and sit him down for a couple more weeks, this thing's going to nag all season, Rick. You know it is. And the fact that he's not taped up, that he's not in a boot, that it's just he's having trouble getting through it tells me while they haven't admitted it yet, that's that dreaded high ankle. And if you don't just get off of it for weeks upon weeks, that thing never goes away. Throw in the fact that he's a bit of a head case, right? Yeah. I love the situation in New York, and it should should pan out well for, for most receivers. But I don't think when it's all said and done, the final numbers at the final bell at the end of the season, those numbers aren't going to justify the, the fourth or fifth overall pick in a lot of these drafts. Yeah, I mean, that's very logical. There's no doubt about that. All it's right, scary. How, about, how about some surprises, Rick? Who, who's going to surprise Rick Briggs? Well, not going to surprise you. You know it, but surprise everyone else. I'll tell you, here's a surprise, and I threw him in here – and the caveat is I think he could surprise either either way. Okay. Um, you know, many have him getting back to the elite status 
with the season under their belt and a full um, practice season with, with Prescott. I'm talking about Des Bryant. You know, and he might. But if Elliott comes back all year, I still look for them to be a run-heavy team behind that line. And Des Bryant's still going late first round, early second in most leagues. I don't think he's going to be putting up those kind of numbers. However, Zeke does get suspended, and they don't seem to have that that threat of the run like they did. Right. He could have monster a year. Right. So, I mean, he's one of these kind of guys I'm a little on the fence with. I love his talent, but I'm not sure what Dallas is, what direction they're heading in. And I'll tell you what, anecdotally, in the, the more recent drafts I've done, all the, the home leagues I, I've done with the rubes and the boobs over the last week and a half. You just love that term. I do. I love that phrase. Really bears that out, Rick. I have seen him go, you know, 12 – 14, 15, in that range, about where you'd expect him to go. I've seen him a little higher than that. I've seen him – I picked him up in one of these leagues, Rick, in the third round. So I, that that thought process is out there. What makes me nervous with him, he never really developed that chemistry with Dak last year. He'd come back from the injury, and it just wasn't there till the very end of the year. And we, we chewed up these airwaves talking about that and whether or not we're worried about it. I don't know if we necessarily want to go down that road again. But it, what I think we can agree on, it's not the same rapport he had with Tony Romo. You add in the threat of a run game, and they want to be a run first team. I think that there's a there is bust potential there, and I think you know the the AD. I don't want to say the ADP, yeah. but where I've seen him go bears out that concern. And we could be surprised in a positive way, just because all this Zeke attention, nobody's really been paying attention. What's going on between them right. on the sideline yeah. as well? Yeah, to so. be honest, this might be the first time we've mentioned Des Bryant's name all offseason, right. quite exactly. frankly. That's a good point. How about you? The biggest surprise for me, I'll just jump, I'll, I'll stay at the wide receiver. The, I think the guy who's going to really bust out and could end up this year as a low-end number one receiver is Stephon Diggs. I, I love this kid. We haven't seen Sam Bradford put it together for 16 games yet, and it looks like going back to last year, as Sam Bradford goes, Stephon Diggs goes, because when things were going well for Minnesota, he looked like a number one wide receiver. Yeah. He's got another year under his belt. Sam Bradford, remember, that was a whirlwind wind him coming in that was a weird circumstance this kid's got the skill set he's got the speed he can be a target monster and who else is there right you trust Laquan Treadwell yeah I know the dynasty yeah, guys Adam love Thielen him and you know you got Kyle Rudolph yeah all just just other guys I think this is the most you know saved Alvin Cook this is by far the most dynamic playmaker they have in that offense and I think if they're going to have any offense to speak of which everybody loves Cook right so if this offense is going to be good, Stephon Diggs is going to be a big part of it. And he's just got the speed to make big plays. This is a guy I've drafted all over the place. You can get him for a song. I think he could finish as a low-end one. And to expand on your point, you know, Rudolph has had a bit of a, an injury history. Thielen doesn't seem to blow anybody's skirts off. But between those two guys with the addition of Cook, this is a nice balanced offense. Because Thielen and Rudolph are, are pretty solid pl- right. players. yeah. And, and that's what I like. Yeah, and so then, I mean, it's it's not like you know Adam Thielen is not Mike Wallace. Yeah, okay, if I'm 90 yards downfield, I'm open. Right. I mean, right. he'll catch the ball yeah, in a tough can, situation. And he can make plays. A guy I never trust in a fantasy standpoint, but I really like it from a football 
right. standpoint. He'd be like a really good Patriots receiver. Imagine what Adam yeah. Thielen would be with the Patriots. Definitely. Okay, I'm going with a surprise running back. Um, he's been going, what, sixth, seventh round? I like C.J. Anderson, quite frankly. Um, I think he could be set up to have a pretty decent year. They still have the Denver defense. Simeon has basically taken that team. Right. And and he is, you know, he won out. He won the battle, and, and it's his team. I see him just maturing as the season goes on. And I think C.J. Anderson is going to be a part of that offense and a big part. Yeah, he's been a forgotten guy. What, what, what I find interesting with him for the first time, you know, we've had this debate about him for three years. He was undervalued, then everybody was taking him in the top six picks two seasons ago. Then he sort of floated around lost last year. Now he's forgotten. For the first time, you know, Ronnie Hillman's gone. All the junk is gone. You know, Booker's banged up. Jamal Charles, they're not really going to, you know, there's no talk of him even touching the ball the first part of the year. And I have no faith he's going to come back and provide any true value. You know, so you got Booker out. You've got him. They cut Jawan Thompson. This is C.J. Anderson's gig. He's not fighting for his gig on every carry. Right. Now, he's going to face some crowded backfields but he or crowded boxes. He can catch the ball. He can move the ball. We know how dynamic he can be if Trevor Simeon can get going. This guy's going to be a real steal and a true value for as late as he's gone. Yeah. And it's basically I've done a 180 on this cat because I wasn't going to pay that mid-first round. Remember how many people we had to invite on the show to scream at us because we wouldn't buy into it. And, right. And the rare occasion, him and C.J. Spiller, the only two we ever bring up, but at least we were right on those ones, right? Uh, there's been a few others, but we just don't mention them yeah. because we're those humble. Two, those two were We're the humble. Well, yeah, that's when people well, describe Well, we me. mentioned them when we get crucified for it. Right. You know, that, that that's the thing. When, yeah, we took a beating. Well, we lost listeners, followers. It was, it was like politics. Yeah. I mean, we were turned into evil people <laughs> right. because we didn't like C.J. Spiller. Oh, that was the one. <laughs> we were just <laughs> And I love it. it. I'm oh. trying to find that, that next bear to poke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there isn't anybody that everyone's that passionate about. And I don't want to come out and say, you know, David Johnson. But, you know, then you just sound well, that's stupid. Just stupid. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, haven't been able to find that next guy quite yet. But we're going to find him. That's right. Yeah. Okay. How about you for a surprise running back? Oh, who do I have I get Merle and bring Johnny on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be calling in any second now. So, we'll wrap it up with this. Jaquiz Rogers, Rick. I think this ends up being his job for – Four, uh, 12 of the 16 weeks. I think Doug Martin comes in, and I think what's going to happen is we're going to see the roles reversed. I think Jaquiz Rogers ends up being the number one guy on this, and Doug Martin's the change of pace, goal line type of guy. I, I think we've seen after, and even that rookie year, we forget about it, Rick how all, almost all of his numbers came in five or six weeks. He had the 200-yard game, and he hasn't been a consistent performer. Akin to Mr. Ijai. Yeah, yeah, similar. But uh, I, I got the wrong button. No, I, I, I agree 100% button. with you. Yeah. He just you had say, to have yeah, it. I got it. It's like a reflex, and the show will stop until I get to push <laughs> the button. But if Alejandro was here. Yeah, if you had somebody. No. Yeah, he, well, he was coming again tonight, right? Yeah, he's so. supposed to be here in September. Well, uh, here it is. He, he stinks. <laughs> Alejandro stinks. It is September, right? Uh, yeah, well, there oh, you go. My microphone now, Ollie Hunter can't pre- prevent you from performing boobery. Flailing around like an idiot. <laughs> okay, surprise quarterback. I'll let you go first. I got Eli. 
I, I think for everything I said about Odell makes this sound a little dumber. He probably should have done him in well, a different you, order. You didn't know he's going to be hurt. We've been talking they, about Eli for they, a while. They really have no running game to speak of, right? So they're going to throw the ball 40 times a game. That doesn't always translate into into success for an NFL quarterback, but for a fantasy quarterback, it kind of does. Read Kirk Cousins. We talked about him earlier. I think most of his – he's not – Kirk Cousins isn't overly accurate. <laughs> they didn't have a very dynamic offense, but they didn't have a running game. They threw out a necessity. The defenses in the NFC East seem susceptible to that, and I think you throw in a Brandon Marshall. We saw what Sterling Shepard did. Now moving him back in the slot where he truly belongs. Evan Ingram doing – you know, really looking like he could be a stud as a rookie tight end, which doesn't happen that often. You've got Shane Vereen, who your best running back is a pass-catching running back. I think there's just going to be so much opportunity and so much requirement of Eli to throw the ball around that even though the offense may not be that good in terms of wins and losses, I think just by default, Eli Manning's a a low-end number one quarterback. It's very possible. There's no question about that. You know, my surprise, I, I don't know if he's such a surprise, but after last year, I think he's going to have to be as Carson Palmer. This is probably his last show. Right. But everything that's come out of training camp, the arm is strong. He's healthy. Look, he's, he's still got Larry Fitzgerald. He's got David Johnson. You know, and he's got uh, a mixture of other guys. Yeah, you a, know, a lot of other guys. Yeah, but a John Brown can can be a dynamic. Right. Some of these young guys, exactly. uh, Nelson. There, there's some exciting young players there. Yeah, and they got the defense to help control games where you don't have to go crazy. Huge numbers, maybe not, but um, you know, I, I think he's going to be a nice guy to have on your bench, especially if somebody goes down. I think he's worthy of a start. And I think he may end up being a 10, 11, 12 guy, kind of like Very Eli, possible. where, you know, I'll, I'll go to your side a little bit. I hate granting you this, but maybe he squeezes out a Matt Stafford. Some of these low-end guys you're starting, I, I think Harson Palmer ends up being a number one. Very possible. Okay, so that is it for – our predictions for MVPs and busts. We're going to bring in our old buddy Johnny Reed Foley, change it up for just a few minutes and uh, talk to him a little bit and maybe get his take on the old Cleveland Browns. That's right. So uh, let's see if he's on the line. Okay. I think it's been about over a year, but uh, a good friend of the shows and the rising country star in the country, my man, Johnny Reed Foley. Welcome back. Hey, man. How y'all doing? We are doing wonderful. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've been a hard man to get a hold of here lately, haven't I? <laughs> well, that's good. That means that means you got it going on. So, what what do you got going, man? I know the the singles out on iTunes. It's crushing it. It's awesome. Check that out, everybody. Who's turning you on? How, how's the song doing? How's the album doing? You know, um, it's really crazy. A lot changes over the course of the year. The, the single has done very well, and a lot of people really like it. Um, there's a lot of things going on here in Nashville. We're away from uh, getting some new music out, I believe. Sometime either the end of this year or early next year, um, we're going to actually pull that original album. It's probably never going to see iTunes or Spotify. Um, but with that being said, we are working on some brand new stuff that we're going to get out. That's going to be, um, it's going to be awesome. I've been in Nashville writing now for a while and I can't wait to share some of these new songs with everybody. Well, I'll tell you what, we can't wait to hear them. Now, are these, um, all originals? Are you doing any covers? I mean, but it's all new material that you're doing. 
Yeah, this is all new material that I'm writing. You know, uh, that, that first album is the same way. Um, but I've moved to Nashville a few months ago and really got serious about this. And uh, I've been writing with some of just the best, um, unbelievable writers. I mean, they're just incredibly talented, incredibly intelligent. And so I've been writing with those guys, and it's been a lot of fun. And um, we're working on lots of new songs. In fact, uh, that's what I was doing when you called is um, – we're messing around making some demos today uh, here at the house. Awesome. So I'm curious, I got to ask, as someone with the creativity of a coffee table, I'm curious what the, what that process is like for a, a talented and creative individual. What's the process of writing a song like? Where's the inspiration come from and how do you turn it from inspiration in, into a hit into a hit song? You know, it, inspiration comes from anything, man. You can get it from anywhere. There's times I'm just driving down the road and um, something, I'll see a sign and just a phrase or sometimes, you know, you'll see a photograph and you'll see something that catches your eye. There's inspiration everywhere. And what normally happens when you do these co-writes around here is you end up in a room and uh, you start pitching ideas around of what everyone's thought of. And depending on who you're with, you kind of get an idea uh, if you've written with people multiple times, you know what you write good together and what you don't. You pick something and you work on it together. And, um, you know, some days you'll be the leader of the group and you'll be the one calling the shots. Other days you're uh, just the guy playing the guitar while everyone else is coming up with lyrics. It's um, It's always a team effort of some kind, though. So that, I mean, it's just interesting that you say that. I mean, does it... And, and I'm sure everything's different, but you say a phrase or something like that. So say you came up with a, a phrase in your head that you saw on a billboard or something. Is that is that basically like the foundation and you build like maybe a jingle to it and then try to add lyrics or you continue the tune or, or is it different every time? It is different every time. I'll give you an example. The song that I'm working on right now, I just played it on radio the other day, uh, Acoustically. And uh, I think we just got an agreement with the other songwriters that I'm going to get to cut it. It was my friend Ryan Robinette's idea. And it was a twist on No Other Girl. And the whole idea behind it is that, you know, I've never met another girl like you. There's no other girl like you. And so I'm going to love you like no other girl. So um, it was a cool little twist. And that was his idea. So we took that and uh, this guy we wrote with named Davis Branch, he had this melody that was kind of cool, and um, we just started writing from there. And I started working on the actual, you know, melody of the vocals, and we started writing lines, and it just all started coming together. And when you're creatively, when you have a creative mind, I think, uh, especially when you're working with certain people, it's not hard to figure out how something should or shouldn't go. Yeah, that, maybe that makes sense. It, it really does. I mean, you know, as, as Rick says, you're talking to creativity of a couple of coffee tables, so it's all fascinating stuff to us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just really interesting to see how something like that, you know, basically gets built or created, however you want to put it. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. And it, it goes through so many processes. You know, you write it and you come up with the way you want it to sound. You get a loose idea, and then you make a work tape of that loose idea. And then like today, here I am, I'm sitting listening to the work tape, trying to put myself back in that studio. And as I'm doing that, that has me, you know, working on 
this trying to figure out what I should or shouldn't do and how it should be done, and I'm working on a demo. Well, this demo then will go to a publisher of mine and my management team, and we'll put it with all the other demos, and then we'll go back and listen to them say, okay, well, which ones of these do we actually want to cut? And then you'll pick which ones you want to actually take a cut at. And let's say there's 20 songs you demo. Well, you're not going to cut 20. You'll cut eight you know, for an EP and then pick your best four to six of them. So it's, um, it's quite a process of elimination. And, you know, um, it, right now it's just really cool to be going along for that ride. Yeah, definitely. So how's it going? Uh, do doing much touring, a lot of live shows. And, and I got to ask, man, what's life like on the road? That, that's something I always wanted to do. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of touring. We just had one Speedway again. Um, this actually is the first year I got to be the headliner, though, so it was really cool. Um, that was an honor. It's under my understanding we're going to be going back to uh, we're going to be going to Homestead, Miami, to perform there, which is going to be really, really cool as well. Um, man, you know, and, and touring all over. Actually, I was just about to your neck of the woods. I didn't quite go through Pittsburgh. But um, I was in Akron and had to drive across to Connecticut. Um, I think we did 3,500 miles in the course of seven days now, did uh, of you, driving. Did you take um, Interstate 80 across Pennsylvania? Because I, cause if you did, you were within two miles of my house. I, I would say I probably um, – <laughs> Whatever came out of Akron there, and I, I would say it wasn't 90. 90 goes up through New York, correct? Right, yes. So, yeah, it, it, it would have had to been 80. Cause, and 80, there's nothing on it, right? It's just mountains and mountains and mountains. Yep. That's yeah, Pennsylvania, that's it. man. Welcome to PA. <laughs> yeah. I, I cannot believe you. Because uh, I, I think that's what? That's a good ways off of Pittsburgh, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably um, – 80 is probably probably six, 50 miles, I guess, south. I mean, if you go south um, from 80 on Interstate 79, it's about 50 miles of Pittsburgh, roughly like that. So, Man, unbelievable. I should have called you for lunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I live right there, bet- right by Interstate 80, like two miles away. Careful with that, Johnny. You, you invite him to lunch, he'll make you pay. So, <laughs> so when you, get, you got any tour plans coming up, you going to get up this way to do a show? You know, uh, I don't think we're coming north just anytime soon. Oh, no, I know it's too for cold fact, for you, next, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, hey, look, I'll go anywhere they send me, man. It doesn't matter. Um, but it, I don't think we have anything planned. We're going back to do some Florida tours and uh, do some shows down there. But next year, we're going to really kick it in high gear. And uh, I'm sure we'll be up into the Pennsylvania, you know, New York, we, Rhode Island again, I'm sure. Um, Connecticut. We're going to try and hit all those places next year and really uh, do it big. Well, that's good. Well, I'll tell you what, Johnny, it's week one, and they're going to make us do um, some fantasy football stuff. So we got to get to the meat of the things here. How about these Cleveland Browns for Mr. Foley here? Oh, my goodness. This is the year. This is the year that we're not at the bottom of the barrel. I I believe (laughs) that we will at least finish 31st in the league this year. Hey, that's high aspirations as a Browns fan. You know, it really is. Um, I, I got to say, no, I, I love what the Browns are doing. And I, I actually get to being on the road. I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts. Uh, I was y'all. I listen to, um, you know, Cleveland Browns have uh, their little podcast there. Um, I like what we're doing. 
it sucks today. Miles Garrett, you know, he uh, got that injury. It's confirmed he'll be out for four to six weeks. So that's going to be um, that's going to be disappointing. Also, you know, it's there's a lot of storylines here. Week one, getting to face the Steelers. Uh, first off, the Joe Hayden line. That's um, something else. I, I can't. I can't believe they let go of Joe Hayden because of what he meant to the franchise and to the city and to the community. And I think that that's all been spoken about a lot. But at the same time, you also have to realize that it, it is a business and they did the best business decision. And I'm sure that Hayden will thank him when the Steelers and the Patriots are playing as to for the AFC championship game sometime yeah, I mean, in January. Yeah, Joe, Joe Hayden probably will enjoy being in the playoffs. I can say. And speaking of playoffs, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Reed Foley is a man of his word because back during the Stanley Cup playoffs, we did have a wager between the Preds and the, and the uh, Penguins, and we sent him a Penguins hat, and if you were paying attention, he actually put a video out of him actually wearing a Penguins hat, and we certainly appreciate that. That was a lot of fun, you know. Um, see, i, I got to be honest. I've never been a huge hockey fan. And because I'm in Florida in a pretty good ways away from the Lightning, um, it was the only team I can truly say I've always rooted for Nashville because I, I do love sports in general. And uh, so when the Predators made it, I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I, I, it was really kind of cool. And uh, a bet is a bet, and I, I'm a man of my word. Uh, and I have that hat right here, actually. Uh, it's sitting next to my Jack Daniels hat and my um, Predators hat on top of my refrigerator here in Nashville. So, so I got to ask, I had these violent mood swings during the Stanley Cup playoffs between being annoyed at, at watching all the, the hype these, these Nashville crowds got and how big it was in the city to being totally mm. impressed and thinking, my God, does that look cool? <laughs> what was it like being a part of that being in Nashville? Because now that it's over, I can look back and say, man, did that look like it was fun. Nashville's not a sports town. We're a music town. So, uh, and no offense to the sports teams here, but we haven't had one to really get behind. Uh, so to go to that kind of a success level, the whole city, it was a first. You know, it's the first time that we've gotten to enjoy something like that up here. And I grant you, I'd only lived here about two weeks when it had happened. So uh, I'm speaking a little out of turn, but it was just a really cool experience to have that kind of you know reason for us to go out and get drunk on Broadway, which it's not like we need another one of those. <laughs> I tell you, I mean, you just can't find enough excuses to get drunk. There's no, there's just no question about that. No, no. I, I mean, honestly, there's there's a bunch of. Re- I'm working in the studio. Get drunk. Last night we're hanging out, singing songs. We're gonna write one. Everybody, somebody pull out the bottle of whiskey. Let's go here. Come on, you know. Well, you, you so know. back to the original question. Now we know where the inspiration comes from: the bottom of a <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's probably correct. I can't <laughs> lie. Uh, I I actually I said this the other day, and it's true. My best songwriting is not when I'm sober, and it's not when I'm drunk. That's for sure. But it's actually when I'm coming off of that buzz and coming back down. For some reason. That seems to be when my best ideas and my best writing has been coming out of me. Well, I mean, I guess they do say there's another level of consciousness. Maybe you've found it somewhere along the line between sobriety and inebriation. You know what? It's somewhere between shot number three and shot number 
eight. <laughs> I'm not sure not sure where the line is. Hopefully we'll narrow it down one day. It, it probably moves. The line probably moves a little bit. Hey Johnny, we, that I, I just we can go on forever here. We have to get moving here. We're up against the clock, but we certainly appreciate you coming on. And uh, I hope you have time to do it uh, at least during the season before and not make it another full year. Let Let's try and do that. You know, um, I want to I want to call a shot real quick. I'm going to say that my Browns go six and ten. So uh, we'll we'll talk at the bye week or something. We'll schedule it out, and uh, we can have a conversation and see if we're on track for that. Yeah, okay, uh, no doubt about that. And let everybody know before you get out of here where they can find you and um, you know your, your label, everything like that, so they know where to look. Well, for anyone, anyone listening that wants to you know follow what I'm doing, if you do like country music, then um, it's actually going to be Reed Foley Music on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. It's all the same thing. Just type in Reed Foley Music, and uh, you'll find me really quickly. Um, and we'd certainly love to have all of you Pittsburgh fans. I won't hold it against you, I promise. Well, we certainly don't hold it against you for being a Pred fan or a Brown fan. So, you know, I, I, there's always that little balance right there. You know, music brings the world together, they say. So, I mean, and you're doing it. So, you know, the best of luck to you, my man. And it's always good to talk to you. Likewise, guys. Thanks for having me on, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon for sure. All right. You take care. All right. Y'all have a great day. Too. And that was Johnny Reed Foley. I tell you, I always like talking to that kid. I'm rooting for that kid, kid man. He I am, And he makes country music. That's actual, right. real country he music. He writes the songs. He plays the instruments. Johnny, don't forget us when you're famous. Well, he will, but, but we'll, yeah. we'll beg him not to. <laughs> yeah. And just so you know, Johnny, when you become you know, Taylor Swift in a few years, we are going to replay these interviews over and over again and do everything within our power to ride your coattail. Oh, exactly. We're, and we're unashamed for it, okay? All right, Rick. Well, we are running out of time here. The game's coming up. Yeah. So, so we're going to jumble around, compress things a little bit. My favorite segment every week when we get to the seasons are game picks, Rick. And I think that's what we I think do we do here. the game picks, and then we better jump in that mailbag. Yeah, bag. let's get that mailbag and get out of here because, as everyone knows, we're recording Thursday yes. night, and i got to have Rick home by 8.30 so he can be in the chair and drunk by 9. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, New England at Kansas City, yeah, which I is tonight, we'll, we'll, or vice versa, I guess. Yeah, we'll but, start there. Uh, New England at home taking on yeah. Kansas City. Kansas City's been that one team, Rick. They, they can give New England a little bit of a run, right? They, they seem to they, – they kept them close in the playoffs a couple years ago. I think there's just so much hype going – everything else being equal, which it's not. You know, New England clearly a better team. But so much hype that opening day game for that team coming off, raising the banner, all of that. I think Kansas City keeps it close for a half, and then you see New England do what New England does. I got the Patriots tonight 34-20. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I have New England 27, Kansas City 18. Yeah, 18. See, you're, you're taking yeah. you're taking my page out of my book. I like it. Yeah, why not? All right, Rick. Uh, going to Sunday, the Bills at home taking on the Jets. Boy, this is one you got to watch, Rick. This is must see TV. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I there's just not much going right in either one of these cities uh, as far uh, well these teams anyway. Buffalo, we just talked. We've rehashed everything. The lack of weapons, they got rid of Watkins, yada, yada. In the Jets, they've been a mess the whole preseason. However, 
Oh, no. I think the New York Jets come out Whoa. and they steal one in Buffalo, 17-16. Oh, that's bold, Ricky. I don't think we're going to find 10 people who have that pick. And, I'm and that's not, good. I'm not one of them. I don't know how the Jets score. I, I've got this thing, Bills 20, Jets 6. I'm not certain how the Bills get to 20. It's LaShawn McCoy will have a good game. He's fresh. It, it's game one. And the Jets, I'd be stunned, actually, if they got to 6. I just it, Predicting a shutout <laughs> it seems like a fool's errand. So I get the Bills 20 to 6. The Redskins, Rick, in D.C. at home taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, we talked about this division. It is – Super competitive. It's real. You can you can take a season's worth of records and throw them out the window when these guys get together. Anytime. And Anytime. It, yeah, it doesn't matter. You be it in any four teams. I like Philadelphia in this one just because what you brought up earlier about Kirk Cousins. It's a new receiving core. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff different. There's a lot of stuff different in Philadelphia too, but it's basically the run game. And I like Carson Wentz maturing a little bit. Zach Ertz is going to have a big game, I think. I think they grind it out, and uh, Philadelphia just takes it quickly, not quickly, but uh, close, 30-24. Yeah, I think I've got the Eagles here, 33-27. I, actually, as I look at it, I might be surprised if it's that, that close. I think the Redskins take a huge step back this year. All the turmoil with the GM in the offseason. Kirk Cousins, we talked to all the stuff about Kirk Cousins. I won't rehash that. You know, Just a few days ago, that weird Sua Cravens thing going on where he walked away from the team. I, I still can't, haven't grasped what happened there. Me either. But they were already sort of soft in the secondary, and, and your starting safety just walks off the team three days before. Things are just a mess as they tend to be. It kind of quieted down the last couple of years. They had a little success. I think it's back to the same old mess, Dan Snyder, Redskins. And I think at home there will be a lot of hype. The fans in Washington are excited, and they love nothing more than to disappoint their fans. So I think the Eagles come out and and take this one. All right, Rick. Here's what I am looking forward to. I will have this on the second screen while I'm watching the Steeler game as the Raiders come across the country take on the Tennessee Titans. I tell you what, I think this is a, a, a great offensive team and team in Oakland coming across country, but they're going to be playing Tennessee, who I think is going to take the division. I like Tennessee in a close one, 24-23. Yeah, I think this come, becomes about the home game. The Raiders seem to be the one exception traveling across the country yeah. who, who tend to play well. I love Derek Carr. I love Amari Cooper. Interested to see what Beast Mode does when he's out there. Hell yeah. But, yeah, I think I think the Titans, this is a playoff team. I think this is an 11- or 12-win team, and I think they find a way to win this one at home. I, I love Marcus Mariota. You know, curious to see what that receiving core looks like, but we know the one-two punch they have at running back. And being the home team, I have the Titans here 33-30. I think this is going to be a whale of a ball game, though. All right. All right. Well, I can scratch out. I had predicted the Buccaneers-Dolphins. We'll go ahead and wait till week 11. I'm not going to go yeah. all in on that one just yet. Texans at home taking on your Blake Bortles and your Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, uh, I think Houston is a, is a better team. I mean, that's surprising no one. But I think Jacksonville's still going to make it. It's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch. I like Houston 24-20. Yeah, I got this thing Houston 27-24. I think Jacksonville this, still got a decent defense. Yeah, they, they got a nice defense. Can't wait to see Leonard Fournette in real game action. You're going against a, one of the best defense. Yeah, we're we're going to see right. who Leonard Fournette is right off the bat. 
I think we keep it close because the Texans, you know, still have the quarterback. I'm a Tom Tom Savage is a pick guy, so I'm a Tom Savage fan. Curious to see what it looks like with DeAndre Hopkins. I think they're they're just the better team, but I don't think Jacksonville embarrasses himself. So I'll agree. I think that's a field goal game. Lions at home taking on Arizona. You know, Arizona is notoriously a bad oh, traveling team. Horrible. But I think they've got a lot of talent. I still think that 7-8-1 and one record last year was an anomaly. I still think they're loaded with talent. I think the defense is good. I like Arizona, 31-23. You know, this iteration, the Matt Stafford iteration of the Detroit Lions, have sort of become one of those teams that will build expectations before they crush their fans' hearts. So they tend to play better well. They play better early in the year for, for those of you who speak English. Arizona, you nailed it. They just don't travel well. They're not going all the way east, but they are going into the eastern time zone. Shouldn't matter as much in week one, but I guess this will be my mild upset pick of the week. I got the Lions here, 31-21. All right, uh, Bears hosting the Atlanta Falcons. The Bears, with without uh, Meredith, I think they just they've lost all flexibility in that offense. Right, and and it's Jordan Howard. They're not as good as Atlanta. Atlanta wins going away, thirty-five seventeen. Yeah, I, I have thirty-three seventeen. I'm right there with you. I don't know how the Bears get to seventeen, and I think the Falcons will have to take their foot off the gas to stay in the thirties. I think. You worry about the Super Bowl hangover, but I think week one going up against Chicago, they're going to pay the price for that second half collapse to New England in the Super Bowl. All right, Rick, uh, big uh, AFC North battle as the Bengals host the Baltimore Ravens. You know, one guy that kind of came to mind when we were thinking about surprises is uh, Andy Dalton. Got a healthy backfield with a nice addition to Joe Mixon. He's got a healthy receiving core, save for the rookie John Ross, but he'll be back shortly. I like uh, Cincinnati, 27-24. Yeah, I don't think Baltimore's very good. It looks like Joe Flacco is going to be good to go. But I didn't like the sounds of that back injury, and I think that's going to keep rearing its ugly head. Struggling back down to Terrence West at the running back position. Yeah, nobody that blows your skirt up at the receiver. But I think it's going to be a long year for Baltimore, and I got Cincinnati 23-20. It'll be close just because these games are always close, but I got Cincinnati. All right, Rick, we talked about it with Johnny. He picked picked six wins for the Browns this year. They start with the Steelers. Is this one of them? No. No. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think Pittsburgh comes out and, you know, uncharacteristically, Ben has a decent day away from Heinz Field. I think Pittsburgh wins 32-20. I got 37-13. I think this number one offense, you know, we, they didn't have Lev Bell all preseason, but they've looked to me watching them on the sidelines in the preseason games, watching some of the training camp practice. This offense looks like a caged animal, right? They haven't gotten the opportunity, and I think they come up and just destroy destroy Cleveland 37-13. Rams at home taking on Scott Tolzien, your man, in the Colts. The Rams are at home. They've got a pretty good defense, and I think that's enough. Right. I don't. I don't like Indian, Indianapolis defense. I don't like their offensive line. I don't like the quarterback situation. I think Indianapolis. You talk about a long season for Baltimore. I think it's a long season for Indianapolis. I like the Rams, seventeen fourteen. Yeah, I, I got twenty to nine. I just don't see how the Colts move the ball and score. 
And I, I think a big, big day for Todd Gurley. I, I think we see the old Todd Gurley. Maybe, if only for one week, this is going to be that week. All right, Rick, probably the game of the week, the 4 o'clock game, Packers hosting the Seahawks. These, these games are always doozies between these two. Yeah, they're always fun to watch. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But I, I like Green Bay. I like their offense. And um, Seattle has to be able to – score a lot of points. I'm not sure they're ready to do that yet. I got uh, Green Bay 24-20. Yeah, over the last couple of years, Russell Wilson started slow. Yeah, yeah. You know, how many times have we written them off after four weeks and they still end up being a playoff team, but they start slow going into Green Bay isn't the place you want to <laughs> want to be getting off to a sluggish start. I still think it's a whale of a game. I got the Packers 31-28. Sunday night football, Rick. Uh, Zeke will play as the Cowboys host the Giants. I like Big Blue. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And um, I, you know, we talked about Eli Manning. You talked about, and of course, yeah. You know, I made this prediction before the Odell thing. I was hoping he'd be healed up a little bit better, but I, I'm going to stick to my guns. I think there's been too much drama in Dallas, and I'm not sure what's going on there. I, I just like New New York this year to take the uh, the East, and I'm going 30 to 21. Yeah, I think for me, Rick Zeke's the difference here. You're, you're playing. By the time this game comes around, he's going to know. And if he's about to have six weeks off, I think you just leave it all on the field. You, you about, you're coming up on six bye weeks. No sense holding back. I think he makes a difference. The questions with Odell Beckham. I like the Cowboys here by a field goal. All right, Monday night football. Well, let's two. not forget uh, Carolina-San Francisco. Oh, did we miss one? Carolina-San yes. Francisco. Yes, Carolina at San Francisco. I'll uh, go along with that. I, you know, San Francisco – I think they're going to be a, a bit of an improved team. I don't think they're any threat to the division by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I still like Carolina. I think they're a better team, 28-19. I saw something on Twitter last night, Rick, and I, I wish I'd have jotted it down so I could give the guy credit. But they were looking at the best best fantasy running back per game average last year. Right. Number one was David Johnson. Number two was Le'Veon Bell. Number three was whoever started against San Francisco. <laughs> and then number four, I can't remember who number four was. It doesn't matter. So I think J Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey come out and have big games. I think they just run all over San Francisco here. With an improved offense, I think San Francisco scores a little bit, but I got Carolina 30-17. to 17. All right, don't know how I didn't have that on my list, Rick. Now let's move to Monday Night Football as the Vikings host. I always love when this happens. A guy leaves the team after a long stretch in his first game is at his old barn as Adrian Peterson and the Saints travel to Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, you know, logic dictates you. I don't think the Saints are all that good this year. No. But they've got such an offense. And – I'm going with a mild upset here. I'm taking New Orleans 32, Minnesota 27. Yeah, I, I think I actually think Minnesota's defense is good enough to hold New Orleans down a little bit, just a little bit. I think they're going to try to feature Adrian Peterson early. I, you know, if we, I don't think we're going to get to our starts and sits. But Ingram is a guy I'm sitting this week because I think if there's any week they're going to give the bulk of the work to Adrian Peterson, it's going to be this week. All that being said, I'll take the Vikings and their defense at home 23-21. And the nightcap a game Rick Briggs will see not one second of, I can guarantee you, as the Denver Broncos host his boy Phil Rivers and the San Diego Chargers. And notorious, uh, notoriously bad against that Denver defense right. is – 
is Phil Rivers and, and the Chargers. Therefore, they're going to pull off a mild upset Whoa. at 24-20. to 20. Wait, You got bold here in week one. You're shoving all those chips in on the I'm giving first you a hand. Little, I'm right? giving you a shot to take the lead so I can bury you later on. <laughs> so you're setting yourself up for a comeback. Is oh, that sure. what you're telling How did we finish last year? We were close. We were neck yeah, and neck last year. we were year. real close. I think you nipped me in the end, but we were, we were really close. Normally, yeah. you just lap me by week seven, but I kept it a little tighter this year. I like the Broncos here for everything you said. I got this 24-23. I think I think it's a close game. I think it's a field goal game at the end. But, you know, it, that was my sit of the week. If we're not going to get to those, was Phil Rivers. He struggles in Denver. It, it's well known. But, Rick, we probably got about 10 minutes left here, 10, 15 minutes. Let's hop right into the mailbag unless yeah, you have you better something believe else. It. No, let's get it. We got to – listeners come first. Well, wow. actually, they're coming last today, but – I get what you're saying. Beside the point. <laughs> okay, and and not surprisingly, um, you know, Hurricane Irma has caused quite the flood of Made emails. Made for an interesting the last week one mailbag, right? Normally, it's not so interesting. It, it got real interesting real quick. Yeah, no doubt about that. But here we go. We have, um, I have Landry and Evans now off in week one. All not right. surprising. PPR. What two should I start in place? Rashard Matthews, Cole Beasley. Travis Benjamin, Taylor Gabriel. I think those are in exactly the correct order, if I was going to answer that. I think Rashard Matthews is obvious. Corey Davis coming in, expected to be the number one. Really hasn't practiced much. I think he's a couple weeks away. So Rashard Matthews is the number one receiver on a, on a team that I think is going to be able to move the ball well. It gets tight for me between Beasley and Benjamin. Benjamin's interesting, but this isn't the week to be playing the third San Diego receiver, I don't think. You know, Beasley. He's second right now. Okay. Um, but still, they're but playing we know Denver. Who he yeah, is, exactly. Yeah. And Cole Beasley's just that nice, safe option. If you get in a tight spot, this is why I love to ro- the to roster Cole Beasley. This this is the type of situation he's built for. I agree. In a PPR, he'll get you what five, six catches. Maybe and if you get lucky, dummies into the end zone. It's a big week, but. It, I can see there's the possibility that Travis Benjamin takes a donut. No chance that happens with Cole Beasley. None. And Taylor Gabriel probably will take over the number two spot from Muhammad Sanu, but not week one. I wouldn't think. And Sanu never had big numbers even before. So, right. uh, you know, I, I can't throw in Gabriel. I do like the kid, though. Okay, Gore or Tevin Coleman to replace IJE? Uh, my, my first first instinct here is Coleman, but I, I think about Gore and the fact that Aaron Donald still hasn't showed up in L.A. So they they got a really good run defense, but that's a big piece they're missing. I'll tell you what, give me the guy who's going to get the bulk of the carries in Frank Gore versus a Coleman who is at best going to get 40% of the snaps plus a team that I really think they're going to take their foot off the pedal middle of the third quarter of this game. I'm uh, <laughs> now I'm changing my mind as I'm about to make my proclamation. I'll stick with it. I'm going to go with Frank Gore here. If if Indianapolis scores, it's going to be Frank Gore who does it. I'll go I'll go along with you. Look, he's fresh right now. If this was week 8, it might be a different right, story. Right. But he's fresh right now. Basically the only thing they have um you know, I mean, yeah, a lot of people forget about T.Y. Hilton, but it, it, it's not T.Y. Hilton's fault that Scott Tolzien's back right. there, and I just don't see him getting a whole lot, quite frankly. 
But yeah, I, I'm going. I with think four. Aaron Donald out is what yeah. tips the scales for me. That's big. Should I go with Cam Newton or Phil Rivers? Oh, that come on, <laughs> Cam yeah. Newton. Yeah, it, no, it, I like it, and I think that you wouldn't think it with a guy the caliber of Cam Newton, but I think I hate this term, but th- those are stream candidates for for your quarterback position as the year goes on. I, I really think there's going to be matchups where Phil Rivers is probably going to be the better play, but not this week. This week it's Cam all day every. Yeah, day. in week one it's not, and I think <laughs> you have to just. Cam Newton goes on a roll and starts having a season like he had before. We're not even talking about this kind of stuff. You're trading, Phil Rivers. Exactly. Okay. Pick my two running backs. Okay. And, oh, it is PPR. Oh, good, good. Todd Gurley, LeGarrette Blunt, Mark Ingram, Gio Bernard. Okay, so I – I, I throw Ingram out of this. So, Gurley's obvious, right? You know, the love yeah. the matchup they have. Gur- Gurley's obvious in this one for me. You've got to throw Bernard out. I'm going to have to see what that situation's going to be before I plug anybody in, to include Joe Mixon, quite frankly. i got to see what's going to happen in real game action here. So, this comes down to Blunt and Ingram. I'd like to see more out of Blunt, what he looks like in that offense. What I do know is Washington's got a bad run defense. Mark Ingram's going to Minnesota, which is a tough place to run anyhow. And like I said earlier, I think they're going to feature Adrian Peterson early on in this one, just considering the circumstances. So so that's blunt as the two there for me. I agree 100%. Boy, this is getting easy. Yeah, man. these are pr- pretty simple, So, which means we're dead wrong on yeah. all of them. Yeah, Ingram will have 180 yards. Yeah. Trade question. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Blow it up early. I Blow like it. Blow it up early. Ball's not even in the air yet. I am offered, okay, so he's receiving. Okay. Rob Kelly and Golden Tate. And he wants to, or the guy wants from him Crabtree and Terrence West. Okay. PPR. I'll tell you what, as I break this down, I'd take Terrence West over Rob Kelly. And I'd take Crabtree over Golden Tate. So I don't know which side of that is, but I don't want I don't like either side of that trade. Well, Crabtree and West are together in a right. deal. I like Crabtree better than Tate, and I like West better than Rob Kelly. Well then you should say I like the Crabtree West you side. You should say do not take the trade. Okay, I didn't remember which okay. side of it was. I like the yes. Crabtree West side of this. I'm deal. with you. Do not take the trade. No. And, and to me it's it's the Golden Tate Crabtree. I think that's a big, big gap. There. I think I do too. Okay, I have Zach Ertz and Jack Doyle for tight end in a standard league. Okay, who should I start? Ertz. That's an interesting question. It is, but it's Ertz. Oh, I, I think so too. Jack Doyle is going to be—he's got to be a safety blanket in that offense. You would think so. But I think Zach Ertz has a big day. Especially in week one. I understand this is a standard, but he's going to catch six or seven balls. You know, ton of first downs. You know, what I worry about, I think Doyle has a better shot of getting in the end zone, which makes him a little more interesting in a, in a standard league. But I think Ertz just gets so many opportunities that, that you got to go with him here. If Andrew Luck was playing, the answer might be different, but it's Ertz. Right. I'm not going to overthink it. I agree. Okay, we have, let's see, standard format again. All right, see people getting away from that PPR. I like it. Carlos Hyde or Lamar Miller? All right, Houston, 
Yeah, they don't necessarily have that much better of a matchup, I don't think, because I, no, Hyde's I like, going against Carolina. Yeah, that's a tough run defense. I think Jacksonville's got themselves a pretty good little run defense there as well. So in that case, I'm going to take just flat out who I consider to be the better running back, and for me, that's Carlos Hyde. It's it's close, it I, is. and you can make a case either way, um, but I'm going Hyde myself. I, I I like Carlos Hyde and. You know, for no other reason, he's. A, I think he's a better back. Yeah, it's just I, it just comes down to that for me. Right. The matchups are equally tough, quite frankly. I don't know that either has a big week, but Hyde's got more upside there. I worry about Lamar Miller this year. I, I really do. Yeah. I've kind of avoided him. Winston is off. Yes, he is. Here are my choices now at quarterback. Oh, this ought to be a stack of mediocrity. Yeah. Um, Hoyer. Okay. Alex Smith. Andy Dalton. I own Andy Dalton, but there are others out there. And there's a bunch of little periods, you know, and he says Bradford is available too. Nah. Stay with Dalton here. I, I would. Think. You know, if I just got to pick, I'd maybe consider Hoyer. Although I don't like the matchup with with Carolina. I'm not going to – stick with Dalton. Stick with Dalton. This ain't your daddy's Baltimore Ravens. They're going to be able to throw the ball on them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's Andy Dalton. And, uh, yeah, Bradford, man, you got to need a couple weeks under yeah, his belt for I, that I'm going to need to see it. Are we going to get what we got the first six games of last year out of him, or are we going to get the last ten? You right. know, I'm going to have to wait and see. All right, we're running out of time, so we'll just have a couple more All here. right. Big Ben or Eli? Yeah, I understand why I asked the question. Ben's been so bad on the road. The one place he hasn't been bad on the road is in Cleveland, and I, I think they just come out and just obliterate Cleveland early on. So th this has been pretty easily for me. One stat that the the, the listener, or reader, or, you know, the emailer needs to know: Ben Roethlisberger wins this week in Cleveland. He is the winningest quarterback. In, Cle in Cleveland Stadium. <laughs> that, that's a good Since stat. they went to that stadium. That's hilarious. Is that true? That is yes. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's Ben. Big Ben. Okay. One more, One more here. All I right. was offered. Okay, this is interesting. This is a PPR league, and I was offered Jordan Howard for Kareem Hunt. Would you do it? So it's upside, it becomes ceiling versus floor, right? Howard's, I wanted to say, I almost said Howard because he's the more known commodity, but is he? I guess we've seen it a little bit. You know what? I think there's enough question marks wrapped around Jordan Howard that I'd go ahead and take the risk on Hunt, on what the ceiling for that kid could be. I, I think I stick with Kareem Hunt here. I know it's an unknown, and it's exciting the thought of getting your hands on a Jordan Howard, but I think there's a pretty deep floor on Jordan Howard for all the things we talked about with the, with the Bears earlier. Give me the upside of a guy like Hunt in an Andy Reid offense. You know, I, I really I really want to agree with you, and, and I'm like to help this guy, but there's no comp – I mean, Jordan Howard's the guy. That, that's true. Terry Cohen's interesting. And we talked about this a week or so ago. Kareem Hunt wasn't the starter. Everybody was drafting Spencer Ware. Chikandrick West is still going to get a lot of looks that's in this offense. Point. That's a good point. I'm not saying Kareem Hunt's not going to be good. 
probably too late now. Maybe see what happens tonight in terms of right. workload share. Yeah. It, Although that could <laughs> yeah, that could always change too. too. Right. I yeah, I think the upside's there with Hunt, but just something tells me in the gut is just to go with the steady Howard, and I th- I think that's where I'd go. And that music means we're done. I saw you today. That's a long run back. So, hey, if you like the interview with Johnny Reed Foley, get on Twitter. Let him know you heard it here, number one. And this is his song. Get get on iTunes and and download this song and let him know. Let him know you did it because you heard him here with your boys. So, yeah, he's on Twitter at uh, I think it's at at Reed Foley. At Reed Foley. So let him know you heard it. Buy the music. Do whatever you can to support this kid. I'm a big fan. Yeah, you. So that's it. Good luck, Week One, Rick. In 21 minutes, we're going to be watching NFL football. God got it, So we'll be back next week. Check it out, fakepigskin.com. I'll keep the show up a little while longer, asylumfantasysports.com. Pay attention to at Asylum Football on Twitter. We're going to have a new iTunes feed. We got the fake, uh, fake pigskin iTunes feed up. I'm going to start tweeting that out. So retweet it, spread the word. Good luck this week. Enjoy it. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs>